ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome to the Golf Central Podcast presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim Driver. The driver head was in need of a drastic change in order to provide more performance, so TaylorMade changed the shape altogether with their new Sim Driver, which allowed them to make it fast and forgiving where every golfer needs it in the downswing. The pros love the new shape, but the biggest reason TaylorMade changed the shape was to make you into a better golfer. Check out TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information on the all-new Sim family. I'm Rex Hoggard. He's Ryan Labner. We actually had a very exciting finish, I thought, at the Travelers Championship that I want to get into. But before we do, some more news. And there's going to be more news probably tomorrow and the next day. But the fifth player has tested positive on the PGA Tour. Harris English had to withdraw from this week's event in Detroit. Lav, last week was eventful on this front. And I think you and I are of the same mindset. But let me ask you two questions here. I'm going to go with a two-parter. One, how did the tour handle it? And two, did they handle it correctly? Uh, to answer your first part of that question, I, th- I thought they handled it well. I mean, I think after a relatively quiet few weeks, you were up at uh, Colonial and, and Hilton Head. After a relatively f- quiet few weeks, this was really kind of the first PR crisis that the PJ Tour was going to have to try and navigate. And, and I thought they, they did so exceptionally well with the fact that Commissioner Jay Monahan flew up to Hartford for an unscheduled news conference to address some of the calls potentially for for another shutdown of the pga tour and, and to me that was that was so far overblown and so the total number of wds i did think was was a headline grabber just because we're we're so new into this the fact that seven players including two of the top five players in the world and brooks kepka and webb simpson who despite testing negative uh withdrew out of an abundance of caution. I thought that that was a headline grabber. And, you know, I saw the, the calls on social media that they wanted to shut it down, but I think it's clear the way Monaghan spoke and the way the tour addressed it, that they're not anywhere close to reaching a tipping point here. And, and to no. me that, that tipping point comes when the players begin to drop out because they feel unsafe. And to me, they're nowhere even close to approaching that point. No, I, I agree with you. And, and look, we, we started this conversation before the podcast with, with Kaz, who brought up a very good point. And, and Kaz, Kaz wants to shut it down right now. Well, it, I don't know that he's quite that alarmist, but certainly there were plenty in the audience who thought so. The idea that, and you're right, that Monaghan was going to get in front of that Zoom call yesterday and suddenly call the whole thing off is ridiculous. Now, maybe Goff, the tour, is guilty on this front, that I will give Major League Baseball credit that they have announced straight out of the gates, there's going to be positive tests. 
we're sorry. There's no way we can create a perfect bubble. The PGA Tour has done a really good job of trying, but as we're starting to see, there's going to be positive tests, but it's not going to come crashing down. And here's why. And I don't know that this is a golf thing or if it's just a society thing. At least here in the United States, I don't see another shutdown given extreme circumstances. And I don't know that we're going to get there. And what extreme circumstances mean in a PGA Tour event, we can sit here and debate it. Whether if it's the top 10 on the leaderboard, whether if it's the top 10 in the world, have to withdraw either with a positive test or an abundance of caution, whatever the decision may be. That being said, you are seeing things in other sports where there are going to be NBA players who have chosen not to come back. There are Major League Baseball players who have chosen not to come back. We won't see that, but I think you will see in the coming weeks, specifically at Memorial, you'll start seeing players who look up and realize, I don't really want to play in a program. And I don't know that having 8,000 people, even at a, a place like Mirafield Village, seems small, but is it really that safe? You might get a little pushback there, but nothing along the lines of they're simply not going to play. So I just don't believe that there is any cause for alarm right now that Next time Jay Monahan steps in front of a Zoom call, he's going to announce the end like he did at TPC Sawgrass. I just think there's a resolve. And it's, it's, let's be honest, this is business. This is about making back the money that the tour has lost. And that business needs to move forward. And I just don't see some sort of red line that if they cross that, then okay, that's the fail safe. We're going to pull the plug. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're going to have to have a situation where on Saturday night, if, if the top five players on the leaderboard, you know, um, have to withdraw because they tested positive. I could see that scenario where you're, you're kind of interrupting the integrity of the competition. I could see a scenario where if a player gets seriously ill um, and requires hospitalization, a visit to the ICU, I think they'd have to take a closer look at some of the protocols there. Because um, right now, you know, by all, by all accounts, these players are either experiencing no symptoms or mild symptoms. Now, every, everybody's different. Everyone's going to react to the virus differently. But that's been the experience on the PJ Tour so far. And no one is telling these players that they have to show up. Adam Scott is not on the PJ Tour right now. He's a top 10 player in the world. He has not shown up for a PJ Tour event. A couple international players, we've talked about them on this podcast before. Lee Westwood, your best friend, uh, has decided not to, to come over and play. Tommy Fleetwood has decided not to come over and play. Francesco Molinari has decided to not come over and play. That is their decision. And if they don't feel like it's, it's safe, which Lee Westwood has, has cited a couple times with, with some of these positive tests, then that's their prerogative, and they don't have to play. But the show will go on as long as the players feel safe. And if you listen to every single player who has stepped in front of a microphone, they have applauded the PGA Tour for what they're doing with their safety plan. And the fact that they continue to make tweaks over these past couple weeks, whether it's adding a layer of testing to the, the, the charter process or suspending the stipend for those who test positive or moving the fitness trailer on site. These are all good changes. Now with the bubble starting this week in Detroit where you can't go on site unless you have a negative test result. These are all good changes. These are all good things. You, know, you couldn't have possibly foreseen all of the things that are going to crop up during a tournament week. And I thought the PGA Tour has addressed each and every single one. And I think this, this safety program is as strong as ever. You're still going to have positive tests. That's what's going to happen when you have a raging pandemic that is stretching across the entire country. But I think the PGA Tour should be applauded for how they've handled this. And I think the PGA Tour players recognize that as well. Well, and it worked. To your point, I just got off the phone with Nick Watney, who on Monday served his time. That was 10 days. He was the first player to test positive way back in Hilton Head, which seems like a lifetime ago at this point. He was given the okay to go out and 
and to go back home to Austin, Texas, he has decided to go ahead and stay in Hilton Head a couple of days, which let's face it. I mean, I think any of us would want to could stay be in worse. Hilton Head. Could be yeah, worse. Could be Absolutely. Worse. But I specifically asked him, and he is not one to take the bait on these types of questions, but if you could change one thing about the current policy, what would it be? And he did not take the bait. It was, if you look at the way this played out, and it's important to point out that he was asymptomatic. There have been incorrect reports that he showed up at the golf course with some sort of symptoms other than what showed up on his WHOOP watch, which, by the way, apparently is all caps, in case you're curious, according to the editors at GolfChannel.com. There was something wrong with the way he'd slept the night before. Other than that, they took his temperature. They asked him all the right questions. Nothing rose a flag. He's the one that said, I'd like to take a test to make sure. That's how it works. The players have to be proactive. The caddies have to be proactive. Everybody has to be on board and understand that, look, I've got to be willing to pull the plug in this situation to make sure that we can carry on. I think that was Jay Monahan's central message. But again, it worked even with Brooks Kepka. I talked to Claude Harmon, again, another humble brag yesterday, but he talked about Brooks has created an even tighter bubble in his world, a chef. He brought his own gym, essentially, when he travels, just trying to make sure that he's being as safe as possible. His caddy, Ricky Elliott, is the one that ventured outside the bubble. Now, for all the right reasons, to go to a funeral in Orlando, certainly understandable, but that's likely where he ended up contracting the virus. And then he brings it in to Brooks's bubble, and then you, got, you have to shut it down and do what it takes from there. Two things. Brooks's bubble worked. It protected everyone inside. It was when someone from the outside came in. All of these are good examples that I think not just the tour, but the players can hang their hat on that, look, we're doing all the right things. And as you pointed out, we're trying to play golf in a pandemic. It's never going to be perfect. Yeah, and it's going to be some challenging optic. One, one situation I do want to get into, because you, you brought up Nick Watney, and he looked at his WHOOP band, all caps, and okay. saw that his, he had an elevated respiratory rate, and that kind of prompted him to go get tested. We had a situation before the third round of the Travelers where Jason Day said that he was experiencing some COVID-like symptoms, went to tour, requested a test, and so he was not able to make his tee time. He was supposed to play in a three ball at around 8 o'clock, was not going to be able to, to make that tee time because he was pending his test results. Instead, he gets to go off for the third round. Yes, he was well out of contention. He got to go off as a single for the third round. To me, this is a situation that needs to be addressed, and I have no solution for it. I'm curious if you have one, but to me, this is something that you could see a lot moving forward. Can't you, Rex? A situation where, hey, you don't, you don't feel well. I want to protect the field. I want to go get double-checked it still takes two to four hours to turn around that test result. And so it, it could be seen as, I don't know, a competitive advantage if you get to go out last by yourself. It could be seen as that's something you should be able to be DQ'd for because you're not making your tee time. It's a tricky one because you have to accommodate the player because he wants to do the right thing, but he's also not really playing by the rules because the rules say you should be DQ'd if you miss your tee time. Well, and this is where – I went at Kaz before we started the podcast when he starts talking about He's such an easy well, target. Well, what's the line? Where, where do we draw the line? And I start waving around the sausage fingers and screaming competitive integrity. That, that's where the line is. That look, and I'm not saying that the tour is being cavalier here. I'm not saying that they're going to do something unsafe. If anything, they're trying to go over the line and do everything they can to be safe. But to answer your question and Kaz's question earlier, competitive integrity. Once you feel like that the tenants of the game are being chipped away, then yes, you probably do need to sit down and have a long conversation about do we want to go forward. I don't know that in this particular case, and again, I will give the tour credit for looking at this on a case-by-case basis. As you pointed out, Jason Day was nowhere close to winning this event. And given what happened with Nick Watney, which was a situation that he showed up at the golf course 
with the information from his WHOOP, all caps, and, and only that, no other symptoms, took the test, and then still had to figure out how am I going to get ready for my tea time. And he went out to the range, he went to the putting green, and he caught heat for that. And when I spoke with him, he was bothered by that heat. And he wanted to point out he didn't have any other symptoms. It was simply what his watch was telling him that maybe something wasn't right. So you have to balance between, should we have just told Jason Day, look, too bad. I know you're concerned, but you're out of this when you go home. Or should we have made the appropriate adjustments and allowed him to get a later tee time, play as a onesome, let's face it, if anybody on PGA Tour should be able to play as a onesome, it's Jason Day for all the reasons that we've talked about before because he's yeah, he's slow. still he's still he's still going to take his sweet time. Yeah, so it's going to essentially be I was going to say a twosome. I could be mean and say a threesome, but you get the idea. I, I just think that in certain situations, the tour is going to have to make these adjustments, and they're going to have to be entirely based on the idea that we're not upending the competitive integrity. Now, had that been someone who was in second place or playing in the second to last group of the day and they needed an extra 30 minutes because of a test yeah then we have to start having these long difficult weird conversations but until then i just don't see it happening on a on a lighter note was it a bigger surprise that a jason day tested negative despite thinking that he had symptoms or b that it took him three events before he decided that he wanted to get retested and not just happen in the first event what was the bigger surprise well, so he's been tested every day. And, and, and look, he probably wants to get tested every day. I, I just think... The resources, it, Rex. A, it is, it, we don't have limitless resources. I, I, I understand. I'm going to go with B then. All right. I mean, if you're going to uh, push me into a corner, give me, let me go with B. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, and I also, well, before we I move on from the Travelers Championship, which was a great finish, and for the 13th consecutive season now, not year, this is a stickling point with editors at GolfChannel.com as well, Dustin Johnson has now won on the PGA Tour. And when you sit and you think about that, and that's a pretty amazing feat when, I mean, I think Tiger Woods is 14 consecutive seasons. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive when you consider what he's been able to do. But the part that got me in, in yeah, I had this conversation, this is why I called his swing coach Claude Harmon, because you and I will, I think a lot of people will look at the way Dustin Johnson plays golf and the way he portrays himself on the golf course and say, maybe he's aloof, maybe he's indifferent, whatever adjective you want to use. I thought it was fascinating that the first words out of Claude's mouth were, if you think he did not pay attention to the fact that he fell out of the top five in the world for the first time since June of 2015, two weeks ago, if you think that wasn't on his mind going into this week, you're nuts. And hmm. it's, it's a layer to Dustin Johnson that I have never, I think almost all of us are, are guilty of this one. We just never apply that layer. Certainly we do with Rory and Jordan and Justin Thomas. We can keep going on down the list. It, we don't apply it to Dustin simply because we don't see it and we choose not to dig. And maybe if we dig, dig, he wouldn't give it to us anyway. But I do think it's fascinating that a week after this semi-historic event in his competitive life, that somehow he finds a spark that let's face it, wasn't there two weeks ago. I mean, he's been largely forgotten over the past year, whether it was because of injury, you know, we, we've talked about the arthroscopic surgery they needed last fall on his left knee or, or whether it was, in different play he had a couple of nice top tens to, to start 2020 but you know in the other three starts he was he was kind of mia and it, he actually revealed something shocker uh just just saying that after his win on sunday he he said that he actually went for an mri exam after missing the cut at colonial because his his knee was bothering him he he thought that perhaps he'd, he'd done something else during the break and he wasn't 100 healthy it ended up just being a, a strained tendon he was able to play uh, at Harbortown and finished in the top 20. And then you, obviously we saw 
uh, him shooting 19 under par at TPC River Highlands, which is just a great golf course. And so I think, you know, DJ reemerging just in time for a packed summer schedule is, is something that we should all look forward to. It's, it's mind boggling that this, this super talent can win 21 times on the PGA tour, but still just has one major to his credit. And we can talk about the ones that he's booted away. He probably should have had four or five majors, but the fact remains he's 36 years old and he has one major title to his credit. He's largely been, been overtaken by, by Brooks Kepka, who used to just be his, his innocent workout buddy. Um, and now for, for various reasons, whether it's just indifference or, um, you know, kind of his, his shaky putting stroke, uh, he hasn't been able to get it done in crunch time. Now, there's still a lot to play for in 2020. It seems like we're going to be able to get all these major tournaments in. And now that DJ's back in form, uh, it, it could be a, a big summer and fall for him. And uh, correction here first. It's the first time he had fallen out of the top. 2016. The I wasn't. I wasn't going to correct you, but but here no, we are. No, please do. Because you, yeah, you never want to correct me. Is that 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 what I'm picking up on? Yes. Because I, I feel really, like you it, do. it really pains me. Very it good. really yeah. pains me to know that you're wrong, and I know the correct answer. And to no. reinsert myself, it's just it's a little bit okay. rude, but I think we can move on. Yeah. Let's let's just move on. I and I just when you look at the context of the players that we're talking about right now, certainly Bryson has garnered his share of headlines for the experiment and going forward, we're all going to pay attention to who can pack on 20 pounds and five miles an hour ball speed or whatever the case may be. Dustin pretty much created that model. He was the first one. He, he was off the assembly line first in that where I know Tiger Woods was a great athlete and he did these things. However, DJ's Dustin seemed, DJ is different. And I think it's easy, as you pointed out, at, at his age and what he's done and not done in his career, fairly enough, to sort of dismiss him. And, and after watching what he did on that golf course and looking, as you pointed out, at the schedule, I mean, he has owned Memphis. He has played well at the golf courses where he is going to be showing up over the next couple of weeks. I, I, I wonder if we're as guilty as maybe just the general public of overlooking him simply because he doesn't make headlines. He doesn't say things like, I want to be on the right side of history, like Rory, or he doesn't throw temper tantrums on the golf course like John Rahm. For all the wrong reasons, we probably dismiss really one of our generation's singular talents. Yeah, and I, I think we do it just because you look at Dustin Johnson and the physical gifts that he has and, and kind of the effortless way in which he plays – and you say, this guy should win three times a year. You know, he should win majors. You know, when, when you are that talented. You're about to use the underachiever word. There, I'm gonna, I'm gonna there are expectations, right whether they're, they're fairly or not. I would, no, I, I wasn't. I, I mean, is DJ an underachiever? I kind of think he is. I, I think he's an underachiever in the coming. big events. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and save you from yourself and then tell you just to go ahead and back off that one. Because I, I just he don't is. see. In the big events. In the big events, he has underachieved. I'm sorry. He has. He's won WGCs. I, I got metaphorically slapped around he has, once. He is booted. He asking booted Charles Howell if he was an underachiever. What, three or four majors? Well, that's a, well, that's a mistake. Well, or, Charles Howell I did the does same not thing have Davis as Love. Love that Dustin Johnson has. Okay, I did the same thing with Davis Love. And they both came at me with the same idea of, do you think you've underachieved? And the quick answer to that is, absolutely, I have underachieved yes. in my life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Or you could say that I've overachieved. If you met my wife, if you met my kids, you're like, well, they, they seem pretty good. Like, how did, how did he pull that off? However, in this particular case, you talk about him booting away majors. I'll go back to the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach that he, quote, unquote, booted it away. I don't know that he was ready at that point. I don't know if mentally he was strong enough to win a major. And I think if he, he, was, ready honest, through, he was ready through 54 holes. 
well, there have been a lot of players. John Chambers Vanderbilt Bay, was ready through Whistling 71 Straits, holes. Are we going to start calling him Royal an underachiever? Royal St. George's. I mean, you're looking at a guy who could have, would have, should have won five majors, and he has won. That's, that's underachieving in big events. The resume does not add up. You're making these time, eat sound like they're time. easy to win. That's, that's what you get caught up in I'm not saying easy to this. win. I'm saying he's been in position and booted them away. Moving there's on. No, there's wanted... no doubt about that. But, but look, when you, I think when you're looking at DJ right now, age 36, 21 PGA Tour wins, one major title, it, it's all going to come down to putting for him. The reason why he won the Travelers Championship, shockingly, was, was not necessarily his tee to green game. We're used to him, you know, topping the field by a wide margin. Yes, he was still top 10 in tee to green, but he didn't hit his driver particularly well. But it came down to his putting. He was fourth last week in strokes game putting. That's the best ranking he's had in years. We're talking about a mediocre at best putter now on the PGA Tour. He's gone through, he was spotted on the practice putting green with six different models. This was his third putter in as many weeks. This is a guy who's still searching on the greens. You, you ask any putting instructor and they, they don't like the, the move he has where he's kind of going inside and, and slicing across it. It's something uh, you're obviously very familiar with uh, the, the way that you putt. And so this is a guy who just has not been consistently good on the greens. Maybe this was just a hot week. Maybe this is the beginning of a, of, of a sustained stretch of, of, of good putting, which is what we certainly hoped for because DJ is a, is a third-ranked player in the world, uh, certainly feels right. Did you play golf yesterday? I did play golf yesterday. Yeah, and how many birdies did you have? I made six. And what did you shoot? I shot one over. All right, so keep your opinions about my putting. I am not yourself. an I'm elite driver of the golf ball. I am not uh, an elite driver. Let's, I think that's clear. It's, it's Left it's or right really wind, Yes, it's your kryptonite. Off the, off, the, just, off the plantation. Every, every first tee we've ever stepped to in Scotland, you've, you've gone into sweats and panic mode. Oh, I mean, I can, I can aim 50 yards left. I can aim 50 yards right and try and overcorrect and hit a, just a rope hook, and that thing's right going right. There's so no, keep my putting stroke no out of your mouth. It. That's all I'm saying. Keep it out of your mouth. Moving on, I wanted to point out, and I did the math on this just because I, I know we're, it's getting early real quick i mean it's getting late early sorry to, to butcher the bad quote what you want to tr- tr- can you try that again it's getting late early okay this is also a mega season on the pga tour in terms not of really you know no one's losing status this year well no one is losing status but in the bigger picture i counted it up we are 28 tournament rounds away 28 tournament rounds away from the regular season being over and the start of the playoffs oh wow when i give you these names Give me your playoff thoughts one way or the other and try to keep them, you know, abbreviated Brief. as possible. I know that's, that's difficult for you. Phil Mickelson. I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah, yes, Give he's me his playoff, playoff chances. Oh, yeah. terrible. Not good. Phil, Phil is a two- or three-round player now. Oh, wow. All right. He's 83rd currently on the points list. So you, I would tend to agree that he has to figure out how to put those third and fourth rounds together if he's going to have any chance at all. Jordan yeah. Spieth. Oh boy, he's just not ready. He really isn't. For what? We we can we can get we can get drawn into him having a good first and second round because he he's you know one of the best on tour in early round performance. And like Phil, he's just not able to string four rounds together. I I think I'm still in wait and see mode for Jordan for the foreseeable future until I think he's got to make a swing change. I think he makes it – well, swing change seems dramatic. I think he makes the playoffs. In oh, shorter of course term, he's going yeah, to make the playoffs. He's sure. currently 89th, though. So, with tw- as I pointed out, 28 regular season tournament rounds remaining. 
that's a, I mean, that's a big, you're, are you saying he's going to fall 40 spots? Well, he's not going to play all 28 of those tournament rounds is my guess. Maybe. He's not playing from, he's not playing from here on out. I mean, he's Close. not in the field this week. He's probably so, skipping but, two of them. Well, still, yeah, three of them. You, you still have to make something happen. All right. Ricky Fowler. Um, I mean, he's, he's going to make it. Um, but you know, he's kind of working through that swing change with, with John Tillery. Uh, the results haven't been good. Um, yeah, I think he's going to, it's, you know, as you said, we're, we're coming up short here on the, on the playoffs. It's, it's hard to see him, you know, vaulting into the top 30, the way he's playing right now. Okay. I butchered the quote. You did it even worse. It's Yogi Berra and it's getting late early. You're a baseball guy. You should know that. Uh, Ricky Fowler is 108th. So I'm even less bullish about his chances of even making the playoffs, let alone making a run in the playoffs. Yes Justin or no, Rose. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky makes the playoffs. Uh, I do think he makes the playoffs, but something's got to turn around. Uh, I don't, I'm not as confident for either Phil or Jordan, which is interesting because they, they have plenty of, they've got some wiggle room. They've got some road ahead of them. Uh, former world number one, Justin Rose. I, I like what we've seen out of, out, of, out of Jay Rose during this restart. I mean, he was, what, third at Colonial and another top 15, top 20 finish uh, at, at Harbortown. I kind of like the way that he's, he's, he's blown everything up. He got to world number one. He probably made some, some poor decisions in terms of his equipment. Uh, he, he has left Hanma. He has left Shangfu. All right, and here's the final one of those, and this one shocked me when I saw it. Brooks Kepka. Brooks is fine. He just needs He's to 152nd not... right now in the FedEx Cup points list. 152nd. Yep, and, and we've got the PGA Championship coming up. We've got the WGC. He's going to play three Memphis, more times which, probably. Which he won. Okay. But he probably has three more starts. So he's not going yeah, to play got, all he's 28 got, of those. He's got Memorial, Memphis, and the PGA. Yes. And you, you're, so you're saying that he's definitely playing his way into the top 125 and even beyond. Uh, I think he'll, he'll play his way into the top 125. Are they, are they still doing the 70 cutoff for BMW? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's going he's gonna to need to string a couple good finishes here. I think that's I understand clear. what it takes. I'm asking you, can he do it? Can he do it? Yes. He, he's he's he one in Memphis, it? and I think he's one of the top five favorites for the PGA. Right. Let me try the semantics game again. Will he do it? Will he do it? He'll be top 125. I don't think he'll be top 70. Does that help? And that does not blow you away that a player like Brooks, who is what less than a year removed from being a number one player in the world and being, let's face it, the most dominant. He missed major like team. four months. Oh, I totally understand. This is all injury missed, related. I'm not. He trying missed to make four months, and then he had a three month of pandemic. I mean, how many? What? What do you want the guy to do? Play better? I don't. I mean, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be upset if he doesn't make the playoffs. Uh, I don't either, because if you look at the way this year is going to And we're also turning out, right around and playing the next We're season. turning right around, and then he'll start getting ready for the Open and the Masters, which he'll probably end up winning. That's, that, to me, is the fascinating part of this conversation. Yes. That I'm, also not, probably, I'm, not, I'm also not sure these guys are going to want to play three events in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, there's still quite a bit of money up for grabs. I, I think you're dismissing the idea of, even though this was a truncated season – and you're not a going to lose a card. You're not going time. to gain a card. I understand it's going to be a wash for a lot of different people. Winning the FedEx Cup is still winning the FedEx Cup. That, they didn't you truncate think, that. Do you think we're going to have full participation at that first event at TPC Boston? Oh, it depends. I mean, if Tiger – I mean, depending on – you know, I think we need to keep in mind that Tiger is outside the top 30. Actually, I think he's I was going to say, where's Tiger in the FedEx Cup? 38th, which it, he's safely inside the playoffs. So but He also hasn't played in five months. 
Yes. I mean, assuming that he comes back, plays Memorial, plays FedEx in Memphis, and then plays the PGA. I don't see, would him, I think, don't see him playing Memphis. I don't know why. I mean, it's a WGC. You can say, okay, well, that's not a golf course he's played. I don't think it's the golf course. And I think it's a three starts so in much four weeks. A, perhaps, but he's got to start playing somewhere, man. Like, Does he, though? And these are normal stops for him. I mean, does we have he? said why, all along. Why, why does he have to play Memphis? Because that would have been a normal stop for him. It would have been Bridgestone up in Akron, which is, was a normal stop for him. You're getting caught up simply because he doesn't play TPC Southwind very often, or if at all. I'm not, no, I'm getting caught up in the fact that that'd be three starts in four weeks at the beginning of what could be a very busy fall. I do, in the middle of the summer, the heat, these are golf courses that he can walk pretty easily. I mean, outside, I think Harding Park would be the only one that would be any physical concern simply because it can be cold there in the morning. But I, I, I think when he looked at his schedule and all of us made the argument that why wouldn't he play Hilton Head or Colonial or TPC River Highlands? I mean, he could have, as you pointed out, just taken the boat up and parked it right there at TPC River Highlands. Why yeah, couldn't he have gotten played, a limo or a, or a private plane to go or to Or taken the, the train sure. all the way from the coast, which is two miles in, I mean, two hours inland. But that, that's Am, beyond Amtrak has specials right now. Perhaps, yes. Maybe they have a Tiger special that goes from the coast all the way to TBC River Highlands just for privacy and anyone aboard that boat. I don't – that, that sounds, sounds perfectly like reasonable to me. That sounds like a thing. <laughs> However, that being said, he was never going to add those events because he's perfectly happy playing 12, 13 events a year. There was no reason for him to add. That being said, I think he's very much a creature of habit. And, you're, again, you're getting caught up in Memphis or the idea he's going to play three or four weeks. These would be normal starts for him with built-in rest. And in theory, he's going to show up at that first one, Memorial, we're all assuming, 100% healthy because he has not done anything in five months. So there's looks no reason to think match. that he's not. He looked great at the match. I mean, there's no reason to think he doesn't show up as close to 100% as we have seen him in a long, long time. So here's a, here's a conspiracy theory that I want to I throw out there. I don't think it So pertains, please, as a journalist, throw it out there. And I don't think it pertains necessarily to Tiger, but I'm curious to see who is going to show up at that WGC in Memphis. Just because we've seen these positive tests pop up on the PJ Tour over these first three weeks, a lot of these players have been surprised to see that they tested positive, right? I mean, Cameron, Cameron Tramp said, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, I've, I've done everything by the book, and I, I tested positive. Um, Every player are, has been asymptomatic. Every yes. player. And so that leads me to wonder if we're going to have players who decide to make the trip to Memphis, knowing that they could potentially pick something up in this quote unquote bubble, head to the PGA championship test positive there. And all of a sudden you're not able to play in the, in the year's first major or, or do you play the Memorial head home for two weeks in what would essentially be, you know, 14 days of, of isolation where you're just working on your game, going to the golf course and, and getting fine-tuned. Then go to TPC Harding Park knowing that you have protected yourself, you haven't done anything wrong, and be able to play the PGA Championship with that knowledge that, that you're not going to pop up there with a, with a positive test. That's I see what my you're doing. conspiracy theory. No, I, I see what, what you're do you think doing. of that? That's, that is smart analysis. I think that's the most reckless thing journalistically you've ever done. However, I, I see where you're going with this. And I can certainly think that, yeah, there probably are players that would entertain that conversation. I don't think there's players who would actually do it. Simply because if you just point to the facts, and Harris English, the most recent player to test positive, he was home last week. He flew up to Detroit on Sunday, showed up on Monday morning to take the test, and was negative. He didn't catch that in Detroit. He caught that in Georgia back home. 
he ran across something or someone who had the virus and that's how he contracted it. Nine times out of 10, players are getting this in transit. This isn't something that's, that's cropping up, I think, in hotels. This isn't something that's cropping up in rental houses. So, yeah. And there's also the issue of, of, of false positives, but that's another story. Which, I, yeah, I, from what I've heard, I think very much we have had false positives. Certainly Cameron Champ would be the example I would throw out there who tested himself and immediately tested negative afterwards. So I, I think that's something that the tour is going to have to deal with as well. And as aggravating as that is for Cam Champ, and I certainly can see how aggravating it is, the tour doesn't have a choice on that one. Like this no. is pretty clear cut for obvious reasons and it's aggravating, but back to your conspiracy theory. No, I, I don't think it would happen. Are we going to have this conversation on the range at Memorial and then at work day or guys? We can't, gonna be we, we can't, we can't actually go out back on the range at, at Memorial, but, but go on. Not me. I was saying players, caddies, whoever those inside the bubble, not us. We don't have this. Yes, we're, we're, we're very much outside the bubble any longer, uh, but I can stay at a bubble hotel. So there you go. I'm not a ex I'm not in the bubble, but I can stay at a bubble hotel. That yes, and you like can, and you can, and you can go to the bar with the player who was in said bubble, but you are not, but I'm not allowed inside the bubble. Uh, but yeah, it's probably something that they'll, they'll talk about. Just like I, we, I think we talked about this on last week's podcast. There's the idea that guys who show up on Saturday, after the rounds or before their rounds get, getting tested to get on the charter on Monday, they were very, very curious when these results come back. Yeah. Cause there, there is a competitive element to this, that if I'm tied for fifth right now and I test positive, are they going to yank me out of this tournament and I'm going to lose money? And that's, that's a very real thing that the tour is going to have to deal with eventually because right now the results mysteriously don't show up until play is over on Sunday, but that is reckless on the tour's part. Because they know they can turn them around quicker, and they're going to have to address this. They can turn them around quicker. They turn them around in two to four hours. But those, those results do not get released until after play has stopped, or four, uh, five, six o'clock. That sounds Sunday. like a conspiracy theory. That, 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 no, the difference is there's facts involved with what I'm saying here. Yours I'm is saying wild speculation. I'm saying the, the 3M field, unfortunately, is, is not going to be very good just because, you know, these guys got to take a break eventually. All I'm saying is I'll be very curious to see what that field in Memphis looks like. Uh, no, I don't think the participation will be good. I, I do. I don't know. We I, yeah, I think, it's, I think I it's believe gonna be Tiger's it's, going it's to play. WC. Yeah, I, I believe Tiger's going to play. I, I really do. However, if he doesn't, I'm not going to be shocked because it's Tiger. He, and you're still, still going to go to Gus's, and you're still going to go to Rendezvous, and you're still going to have a, a final. Oh, I'm going. I, but you think I'm, that, that was never I, – the conversation was never about me not going. Let's yeah, be honest. I mean, you're, you're going to have a, a fine week regardless. You're going to have your ribs. You're going to have your chicken. You're going to have your pulled pork. That sounds there's, like a man who wants no me to bring him home that. some rub. That sounds like a man who wants me to bring him home some rub. <laughs> can, I just, can I just Venmo you now? Sure. I just give you 20 bucks. Yeah. All right. That'll do it. You're on vacation this week, right? I am on vacation. I need to go right, play so more, more golf and, and choke down the stretch. Six birdies. Do away with the bogeys next time around. Uh, that'll do it for this Golf Central podcast presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim Driver. We'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.